Boom, we're back, and it feels like we never left, not after having done the week-long specials with Graham, with Team Endeavour, and their crazy challenge of a thousand miles in one week. But this podcast is different because this week I spoke to Marco Altini. Now, Marco's an Italian living in Amsterdam and has lived also in America, and he is also the creator of an app, a fitness style app. You'll learn more in a minute, but it's called HRV4, the letter 4, training, heart rate variability for training. And it's an app, I won't give too much away, that basically takes into account not only the stress from your training, but the stress from your life. And over a long period of time, it builds up a picture of when it thinks maybe you should dial your training back and when it thinks that you can push on. And I think it could be a really, really important app for amateur athletes and professional athletes, just that extra dimension to keep us safe and to keep us consistent and being out there training. So it was a really good chat. I mean, I really learned a lot and Sam learned a lot and and I really think that it could help you as well. And one thing to note as well is we did also have a few connection issues, nothing major, and we still got the gist of what Marco was saying every time, but just be aware that sometimes it glitched out tiny bit, but hopefully I've edited it enough so that you get the idea of what was being said the whole time. So without further ado, I'm going to jump straight into the chat with Marco. So Marco, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Um, first of all, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. No, no, a pleasure. I really, really appreciate you coming on. Sam's just jumping in now because as we were just speaking a minute ago, I actually sent him the wrong link thinking I was way ahead of the curve and organised. I wasn't organised at all and sent Sam the wrong link. Hi, Sam. Sorry about that. So, Marco, this is Sam. Sam, Marco. Nice to meet you, Marco. Nice to meet you. Hey, Sam. I was just going to ask, the first thing I really was going to ask Marco is, how did you get here? How did you get to the point where you created this uh, HRV4 training app, which we're going to talk about a lot more in a minute, but how did you even get to the point where you had created your own app? <laughs> yeah, good question. So I have a background in uh, computer science and engineering. So uh, let's say about 10 years ago, um, I was working in this um, R&D institute where we would develop the first wearable sensors, you know, like... ECG devices that you would, um, you know, use to collect cardiac activity or um, EEG for brain activity and all sorts of things. And this will be, you know, all prototypes that we would test in research for different applications, um, but nothing that people can actually use, right? And it was also a bit the right time. Uh, you know, you had the first Android phones, the first iPhones. So it became a bit easier, like to build things that, you know, you could easily deploy to potentially everyone without having much infrastructure and, you know, needing to build anything basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, combination of things and being interested in, uh, you know, training, uh, sport in general, then started looking at how I could put these things together um, in a way that people could actually use to understand a bit better, you know, how um, basically you respond to stress and your physiology changes in response to training and, and other factors. Yeah, so th- I mean, that's the bit I'm interested in. So if I try to explain, you, you, I need you to correct me. What I'm going to do is explain my basic understanding because I was saying to Marco before we started the podcast that I usually would voraciously read about a uh, something that I'm starting, a new technology, but I purposely, knowing that I was going to speak to Marco, haven't done that because... 
it's better to hear it straight from the horse's mouth if you're if you'll pardon the kind of weird phrase but it would be interesting to hear your take on everything the way i understand it is it is an app that is is the only one that's scientifically proven first of all to work with your phone without needing a heart rate monitor you can use your finger the pulse and you put it over your camera on your phone and i do it every morning before i get out of bed and before i've had my first sip of coffee because i want my heart rate to be low um because I'm competitive. And then it essentially, I think over time, it measures not just the training stress that you that you put on your body while you're training for whatever you're training for, it takes into account your life stress as well. And it kind of tells you almost tells you when to push your training and when to hold your training, doesn't it taking into account all those factors is that about is that's about right? Yeah, correct. Basically, you know, when we measure um, heart rate variability, we cannot really uh, differentiate the different stressors, right? So that's actually why it's useful because, you know, our capacity to handle stress is limited, right? We can only take so much and, you know, some of it comes from training and some of it comes from uh, lifestyle and, you know, everything that is happening, work stress, family, um, the pandemic, you know, everything is playing a role. Uh, I think that's easy to understand. Uh, And then what we do, is to measure that um, snapshot of, you know, your resting physiology, try to understand when you are more stressed. So when typically your HRV reduces with respect to what is your normal. And that, again, um, is a clear sign that the body is under much stress. And something we can do in the context of training there is indeed to make small adjustments, reduce intensity in those situations so that we prevent uh, potential issues. So for someone who's... I mean, I've used it, but for our listeners who potentially haven't got an idea of what heart rate variability is in the first place, could you give a really brief introduction into how you measure it, what it tells you, and and, and kind of what you should be looking for if you do start to measure Yeah, yeah of course. So when we talk about heart rate variability, normally, uh, technically speaking, is uh, a measure of the variation between consecutive beats. So, you know, we are, if we measure our resting heart rate and it's 60 beats per minute, uh, it doesn't mean that we have a beat every second exactly. There is always some variation. And that variation is actually important because it's basically due to how the autonomic nervous system responds to stress. So say we have uh, more stress and then our bit-to-bit differences will get more constant. So it will reduce variability. So that's the principle we capture. As we have more stress, we have reduced variability. And that's something we can measure even with very short measurements, one or two minutes. Um, the important bit is to do that um, in what we call you know, a repeatable known context, which in simple words means first thing in the morning before you do anything else. Because if you do something else like having coffee uh, or you know, even light up, Activity and all of that, the autonomic nervous system responds to anything you will during those. But that's not what we care about. We really care about the baseline. So we need to do that first thing in the morning. Ideally, rest that take your measurement and that gives you a good snapshot of um, your resting physiology and your response to various stressors. I, yeah, it's really interesting because I used this for probably a period of about six months to a year when I was really doing a lot of training. Um, building up to the London Marathon, which got cancelled, unfortunately. And it was so interesting to see day-to-day trade changes. And you could even see things. So it kind of predicts when you're going to get ill. And it gives you a warning, sort of two, three days before you actually start feeling symptoms, that something's not right. And if you're in training, it's the same. It's, it's that really early indicator of 
something's not right before your you know and your body really starts to know it's a it's amazing yeah yeah i think especially you know in the example you make when getting sick it's something that often you know your body is already maybe fighting the infection before you develop some other symptoms so it can be captured a bit earlier which of course can be helpful in you know realizing it before you mess it up even more yeah and that's that's important what you said a little bit earlier as well that i've just been thinking about and mulling over while while listening what i think most people probably won't appreciate is that it's it's not looking at your heart rate say mine is 55 and then the fact it's 54 and then it's 53 it's not that's not what heart rate variability actually is it like you say it's the difference between each individual beat within that minute and what shocked me was that you said that the more ordered it is the more stressed you are is that right yeah the more constant the heartbeat the lower and the body and the more the higher the stress level on the body oh that's interesting so do you do you, why is that is that is that something that is known what why it is the more constant the heartbeat the more stress yeah it's a good question i'd say it's simply um how the body responds through you know uh, the autonomic nervous system is split into two um you have the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system the sympathetic branch you know typically is active when um you need you know it's a fight or flight you need to um, basically act you know your heart rate increases i think it's um, easy to understand that way then when the heart rate increases in more beats and there is also less room for variability on contrary when your parasympathetic branch is more active you know the vagus nerve is more active then there is um you're in this um let's say phase of relaxation or recovery and then the more activity that is there basically the more um the less constant and the more variability you get between uh, between the beats oh. It's exactly the opposite to what you would you would originally think if you were not given any of the information. You would think that if it was, if if the beat wasn't constant, would be more stressed. But it's really that's really interesting. Your own journey. So, are you are you a runner, triathlete, cyclist? What was your what's your passion getting into this? Uh, just a runner, not a triathlete. So um, I I run. Uh, I mean, recreationally, I'm not any good. I'm just uh, you know passionate about the sport, um, and I think that in general. Uh, you know, keeps me engaged also with the technology I build and uh, the features we develop for the tool. And it's always nice, I think, to um, to do your own uh, n equal one testing while you experiment and see the effect of different stressors and things like that. So that's uh, maybe where many of the things start. Uh, but yeah, at this point, it's been many years. I think uh, seven, eight years maybe since we developed the the app first. Wow. So um, you know, it's uh, it's been growing. So fortunately, we had the you know, studies and work with many different groups that also allowed us to improve the product um yeah based on you know the input from from different angles yeah i mean it's 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 one of those now where i think like you said everyone needs something first of all an app that works on the phone but as as a as a triathlete sam's obviously already used it as well as a triathlete and you know i speak to a lot of the coaches around and everyone's looking for that extra or extra way that's not just training to make sure that the athletes that they coach or themselves if they're athletes are safe and this just leapt out to me the other day when i was you know looking into it i've always been big on kind of heart rate in general but 
I, I'm looking for ways to be able to train consistently. And this seemed like a, a logical progression to kind of, especially in lockdown, and especially like you say, when people are feeling more stressed and there's a lot more stresses going on in the body is to, is to monitor, I guess, those levels. And for me, I'm gonna see if I can then implement it with all of the people that I coach as well. So it's, it's those extra um, dimensions, isn't it, to your training that, that make all the difference. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, there's uh, many things you can measure during training, uh, outside of training. And obviously, you know, there is no single metric that tells you everything you need to know. I think it's always important, you know, to integrate simply subjectively how the athlete feels and, you know, how things are going, as well as, you know, everything that you track with training load. Um, again, internal load as you, as, you, as you train, that could be, you know, heart rate again, or, you know, power, external load, whatever you use to quantify training. At the same time, it's useful to have a metric that basically allows you to capture how an individual is responding to that training, because, you know, we could respond differently to, um, I don't know, an increase in training load or um, a different um, type of training that we include. Maybe we start doing some strength training, you know, it's a different stimulus we are not used to. Um, how are we responding to that? And again, different people would respond differently. So I think that's why it gets interesting. Um, you know, HRV normally signifies more stress. So the basic link is, you know, you train hard and you reduce your HRV and that's what you capture. But that's, you know, very simplistic. So normally if you are actually responding well and you can take the training because, you know, you're well conditioned and then, you know, you're progressing well, what you expect to see is actually your HRV not to change and, you know, to be stable, uh, which means, you know, you can just use it as um, an objective feedback that tells you if uh, if everything is going according to plans. Really interesting that you mentioned kind of tracking that alongside changes in your training load and, and changes in your power and your heart rate and things like that. And I think we're kind of reaching that level in sport now, in sports tech, where you have all these different metrics that are floating around, um, but the combination of all of them is what can kind of build you into a stronger, safer, more healthy athlete uh, in the long run. And I think it's an exciting time where kind of give it a few years down the line will be have so much access to this information that really I think there'll be less less risk of injury and less risk of overtraining and less risk of um, kind of traditionally the, the amateur athlete will go out there and injure themselves too quickly and need a coach. Whereas I think there's there's more opportunities for people to kind of do it all themselves and learn more online now. So it's really exciting. Mm. Where, do, where do you see... Uh, kind of yourself and and the, the impact of HRV being in the next few years? Yeah, you know, as, as you say, it's, um, you know, we have multiple um, data points and I think, you know, this sort of holistic approach is, um, you know, the direction we should go towards, you know, like stop pretending that is this metric that, uh, you know, as some claim, um, it's all you need to know and, you know, it will tell you everything you need and, and all of that, but you will just need to, you know, this is also what happened with the um, acute to chronic injury ratio and all these sort of things that are all, you know, useful markers um, that uh, make um, sense, but we need to be able to um, understand that, you know, the people are complex and the way, the human body works in your response to training is sometimes um, very difficult to understand or predict. So by looking at different um, pieces of information, 
in, we can try to get uh, closer to the full picture and then provide better guidance um, to people. And, you know, especially, obviously, as, as I work on this specific aspect, I think it's really interesting to see the individual response and the change to that. Uh, apart from training, you know, even things specific, like uh, going to an altitude camp and, you know, some people respond in a way, others respond differently. Often you can see that, you know, in the data, some people will have their um, physiological data very suppressed at the very beginning, others will have it less. Does that influence, you know, how they adapt towards the end of the camp? For example, we did some research around this uh, here with the Dutch Triathlon Federation, which was very interesting because you could spot differences uh, in adaptation already early on in terms of their resting physiology response. So there is a lot in there which can, uh, which can inform then, uh, you know, training plans or simple adjustments. So I think that's a, a valuable piece of information also from that point of view. Do you think it has application for people that don't train at all, but just perhaps have really stressful lives? You know, is that, do a lot of people use that that aren't actually into physical training? Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I always say, you know, if you look at, uh, other fields like research in uh, psychology or even in anything that is uh, linked to, you know, uh, anxiety or depression or sort of things. Typically, the one objective marker they have that is not a questionnaire is heart uh, rate variability. So that's what they measure to quantify stress. The issue, I think, with uh, uh, let's say the the consumer, the user of these technologies, uh, is that only the athlete or the person that is driven by sport will wake up and take this measurement. That's what we say. It's uh, maybe there is like a 95% of people that are driven by, you know, their own performance or whatever that is that will do it. And a, a small minority of people that still um, bother to do it, but it's just uh, difficult. I see in the, um, to maintain, you know, the level of commitment, even if it is just one minute, it's, uh, I see that also in athletes. Maybe it's the off-season and they're like, okay, I don't measure anymore. Yeah. Uh, even though it would be interesting because you see the change between the off-season and when they pick it up again, things like I'm, that. I'm, on that prime example, I, I was spent ages <laughs> doing it throughout the season when I was training heavily and now it's just kind of gone to the back of my mind. I've forgotten about it and it's it's one thing that, yeah, like you said, I've just I've slipped off the radar. Yeah, yeah, it's very common. I think with, now that we have some sensors that measure in the night, you could still, you know, get the data without doing any work. So that can be helpful in uh, in monitoring also for people that maybe are uh, sometimes don't do it and, and things like that. So I think other improvements in technology um, have been uh, helping that way. I do some work also with Aura, you know, they make the ring that you can use to measure sleep. Uh, and they also measure HRV in the night. So that's something you can read, for example, in our app, instead of taking the morning measurements. So you get the same interpretation, but you don't need, uh, you don't need to do anything. So I think uh, depending on, you know, the person you work with also as a coach, there could be people that are motivated to do it, others that maybe prefer to wear a sensor. That's interesting you say about Aura, because I was I was thinking as you were talking about, I, I again, only really cottoned onto it quite recently, the fact that there's this ring that you can wear that, that does this, that kind of measures your sleep and takes your heart rate variability. And um, it seems like for me, it's the way to go because I don't want to sleep with a watch on and I don't want to sleep with a heart rate belt on um, strap. But actually wearing a ring 
seems like it might be the way forwards. And I know a few people that use Aura and love it. So, I mean, it might be the next hit for me as well, uh, just because I'm fascinated about sleep as well as heart rate variability. I think the two go quite hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, you know, sleep is, is complex, sleep staging. Um, also estimating this, um, you know, the different sleep stages with technology that does not measure brain activity mm. will always have some limitations. So there is only a, a certain degree of accuracy that can be reached there, uh, which, you know, it can be informative in terms of, okay, I sleep this much, um, or, you know, trends over time, see if you made any changes and things like that. So, you know, it's um, even humans, when they look at uh, brain waves to annotate sleep stages, which is the reference, you know, when, that you used to build this algorithm, they, term- they normally agree 80, 85% of the time. And that's the reference of the, you know, the gold standard for the algorithm. So it's just um, a complex application, let's say, to get that exactly right. There will always be some, some room for, for improvement. But the HRV that is measured, so it's not estimated. So, you know, when you measure it throughout the night, the technology is similar to what we do with the camera, meaning that it's just, you know, blood flow. And the finger is one of the best places where you can do that. Uh, Also with respect to the wrist and and other uh, positions on the body, plus you're sleeping. So, you know, optical measurements are very problematic when you move probably, you know, you've seen it when you have your, I don't know, your watch and maybe you don't have the strap once when you train and as soon as you pick up the pace is basically random yeah. data, but you know, as you sleep and you rest, uh, normally there is no movement. So it is possible to measure these things accurately in those conditions. And yeah, it can be, it can be an alternative. Yeah, absolutely. I think like you say, it, they, it will, the technology will keep improving as well, I guess. And, and that is, I'm out cold. When I'm out cold, I'm out cold. So the ring should do the job. But, uh, you know, I, I really like the app and I like the information that you've built into the app. Like I'm, I said earlier, I'm fascinated with all of it. I'm, I did sports science at university, so I'm a stats geek. And um, there's just a, a wealth of, information and things for me to understand so it's been <laughs> it has been genuinely hugely helpful already you kind of explaining the the, the bits that I've missed within the my understanding I guess of of heart rate variability um, and and it's it's kind of applications for the people that I train I think that's going to be a big thing because I, I like to make sure and I'm sure you you have that experience, like you say, with the with the Dutch Triathlon Federation and stuff. You know, it's it's not just about their training; it's about everything around it. I bet the coaches are loving the, the being able to use that as another metric. I think, especially yeah. for coaches, there's one thing that you can. It's one thing to go and stand by someone whilst they're doing a run session, but you're there maybe for half an hour of the day. You don't get to see them for the other twenty three and a half, where they're sleeping, where they're recovering, where they're eating, where they're kind of everything else also has an impact. And as a professional athlete, you want to fine tune. That those 23 hours because you've kind of probably got the the, the the training hours absolutely nailed it's everything else surrounding it which you need to fine tune and i think that's something that since the kind of impact of sky and their uh, marginal, marginal gains, gains yeah it's it's one of those marginal gains that needs to be targeted yeah absolutely uh, it can be just a tool you know even as you coach and you work with athletes and as you said you know everything about uh their training like so that you know, this session you scheduled and, and all of that. 
Um, maybe, you know, you don't know much about what is going on uh, outside of the training session. So data that are unexpected, you know, decreases in HRV and stress that um, you think is not coming from the sessions, then it can be just a tool that you use, you know, to start a conversation and try to understand what's going on and what other changes can be can be made. Yeah. Because what's what's important actually, isn't it, is that and the, the big message here and the reason that you've created the app is that so many of us push through stress and that that is when you get injured, that is when you get ill. So, and it, it almost releases your ego, if that makes sense. It's like it's giving you permission to not train for your own health, which is massive. Because I've got athletes that will push and push and push and push, even if I say don't, I'll look at what they're doing and they'll do a bit more than I've told them to do. And if they have this app, if they see that their heart rate variability, you know, is saying don't train, it almost is permission. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there are like approach in a way that should work also for this type of athlete. So, for example, both in the cyclists and the runners, we've seen multiple times by now that if you split athletes in different groups and some of them, you know, they just go through their regular periodization. The other ones have the same periodization, but once their HRV is highly suppressed, then if they have um, an high intensity session, they will just scale down the intensity. So maybe they will do moderate training. If they had an easy training, maybe they take a day off, you know, just the, the only intervention is scaling it down if the HRV is low. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, at the end of the, of the protocol, you know, the eight, 12 weeks, uh, whatever intervention they do, typically this group ends up training a bit less at high intensity because sometimes they have to skip it. And still they perform better, you know, in time trial, in all of sort of tests, because, you know, the principle is really simple. Like if you stress the body when you're already that stressed, you know, that interval session is not bringing you gains because basically you're just uh, not adapting to that stimulus. Your body was not ready to take it. So by showing that you can actually improve the performance at the end, I think you can try then to convince even those athletes that, that sometimes it's good to um to reduce the intensity yeah yeah it's quite and that is quality over quantity right there isn't it it's knowing that that session will have had very little benefit if you push through it or if you go at the intensity that you're that you're supposed to at the start and so it, it makes yeah it makes perfect sense and and i can think while i'm talking to you i can think of about three athletes that i'm going to text straight after this and say please download this app <laughs> i need to see what's going on with you please because i mean the other good thing is it links with training peaks and that's great for me because i use training peaks to coach and um you know i look at mine and i'm fascinated by it because it you can input the training stress score you can actually put that into the app so it takes into account the training stress score and then the life stress so yeah it's, it's a fantastic i mean hats off to you and like thanks for creating it because for us coaches and athletes it makes life that little bit easier and, and kind of i suppose it's keeping us a bit safer as well thank you so much that's of course great to hear yeah no i'm i'm blown away by it and i I just frustrated that i didn't adopt it earlier but very it's very me i am a late adopter rather than early i'd love to say i'm an early adopter but i'm not I wish I cottoned on to things earlier, but I'm very cautious naturally. And the frustration of Ben, Sam's been on it for way longer. (laughs) 
Well, that, thanks for coming on, Marco. I, I thanks, really, Marco. I yeah, really appreciate your time, and um, I think it's going to help a lot of people. If that's that's a great thing, and I'll um, I'll make sure that if anyone's listening and wants to know more or wants to know more about the app, all of the all of your information will be in the the description for the podcast, the notes, um, so that they can find the, the app and download it. And okay, um, thank you. And I guess if they have any uh, questions, then you're on you're on Twitter and things like that as well. You know, if people want to ask you anything, if they're interested in in learning more, um, I'll just direct them towards you because you are the man that knows. Yeah, perfect. Always happy to help. Yeah, thank you. I yeah really appreciate it, and I think as I say, it's going to help a lot of people. It's certainly going to help me, and I, I know it's going to help the athletes that I coach. So I'm really excited to really put it to full use. Thanks again. No, thank you, mate. Cheers, Marco. Yeah, cheers. I really appreciate your time. All right, take care. See you later. Cheers. Thanks. And there you have it. A brilliant chat with Marco Altini. I'm really, really inspired by the chat that we had and the information that I learned. And I do think that there's a, a ton of application for not only myself and Mary, but also the athletes that I coach. And just in general, it's just another way of perhaps amateur athletes being able to look after themselves that little bit more to allow their ego to take a back seat, I guess, and rely on some technology to tell them when is good to train and when not, because we're all guilty of pushing a bit harder than we should at times. And maybe if we listen to our body that little bit more, we'd all be that little bit more consistent. So the app is available in the app store. Um, I'll put the description on where you can find it in the, the, the notes for the podcast, like I said before. It is a tenor, but again, think of it like this. You're investing in yourself, and that's exactly what I've done, and it's exactly what I'm going to recommend to people that I speak to because, as Marco ex- described it so eloquently, it, uh, it has so many applications for us all, so much potential. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did or if you found some value, then what really helps us is that you you give us either, you know, five stars or a review or something that is just helps us get the podcast out there or even word of mouth. I really do like relying on word of mouth in general because I just think that's just the nicest way to spread the good vibes and, and spread the word. So, you know, tell a friend. That's what I'm saying, basically. If you think that they're going to get some value, get them on board as well and get them on board this message happy let's let's just share the love right now come on let's try and build this thing and build a community and help more people anyway i'm off again aren't i rambling so i'm going to leave it here and and wish you all the best and i will see you next week for another episode of fitness freaks, fitness freaks.